He was asleep when the ground began to shake, but don't ask him if he felt it. Is that even a question? On January 7th, 2020, 10-year-old Herman Figueroa woke up just before 4.30 a.m. His bedroom was swaying back and forth. I've never felt an earthquake. And, and um, my body was scared at, because I didn't know what was happening at first, but my body was, like, scared. Stories of Hope is a podcast about people who meet needs and change lives. In this episode... My dad just said, run outside, because when it first started happening, I just hear, like, um, everything, like, like, moving to the side, and I hear the ground, like, rumbling. Hermann has a whistle. He keeps it in a secret place, but he can always get to it if and when he needs to. Right now, in Puerto Rico, this is, sadly, perfectly normal. The kids were given whistles because if you're in a situation where you're trapped in an in a enclosed place, blow it to let people know that you were there. And it's a scary thought, but that was the reality that they were living in. This is a story about the fifth grade version of Puerto Rican reality, the whistles and the aftershocks, and the strangers who come to make it better. From Send Relief, this is Stories of Hope. Episode 28, The Kid with the Whistle. The story about school kids and earthquakes in Caribbean islands really shouldn't begin with a mailman from Monticello, Kentucky. Monticello's basically just a small rural Kentucky town. But this one does. And I know zero Spanish. Calvin McFarland is one of the 200 or so members of Monticello First Baptist Church. And while he might know zero about speaking Spanish, he knows plenty about Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico's special. It's, it's not poverty like we think of poverty. It's a need, but it's more of a spiritual need than, than a money or materials need. So anybody can go and, and be useful for the kingdom. Um, there's just, it's, a, it's the perfect place, especially for beginners, the perfect place to start, start mission work. Calvin has been taking mission trips to Puerto Rico ever since right after Hurricane Maria hit the island in 2017. And late last year, when he was putting together a team of construction volunteers for his church's next trip, something or someone gave him the idea to invite Scott up church. Scott is, he's a unique individual. He's not fluent in Spanish. He's not a teacher. He's not a construction kind of guy. But anything that you need, he's one of those guys that Okay, that's always his answer. Whatever it is, okay. That's why Calvin approached Scott, because he was the guy who always said, okay. Calvin figured that in Puerto Rico, that would make Scott a perfect fit in an imperfect kind of way. Calvin's assembling his team and he's recruiting people. And he says, you wanna go? I said, well, I'd like to go, but I can barely hammer a nail. But um, I felt like I could carry them stuff and I don't mind getting on a ladder, so I, I felt, I'd have something to do, but I just, I don't know what, but I, I was willing to go. And for Calvin, that was good enough. Scott said what he always said, okay. And that is how three weeks before their January 18th departure date, there was Calvin and there was Scott and there were nine more. But then 1,700 miles away in Puerto Rico, the earth began to shake. The first earthquake hit on December 28th but that one would not be the last or the worst. 
Over the next month, Puerto Ricans suffered through almost 100 additional earthquakes, some big, some small. The strongest came on January 7th, 6.4 on the Richter scale. In all, almost 10,000 people lost their homes. Four people were killed, almost a dozen were injured. And in Monticello, Kentucky, everything changed. First Baptist Church put out a last-minute call for emergency help. They began collecting blankets and flashlights and batteries and, and uh, food that won't spoil. Scott helped pack 22 bags full of relief supplies. It was awesome. Then he and the rest of the team left for Puerto Rico with no plan and no idea where they'd been asked to go or what they'd be asked to do. But I, I went down with the attitude of whatever comes, just, just go with it and try and find a way to show Jesus. Scott didn't know it at the time, but there was a 10-year-old boy named Herman waiting for someone just like that. The first thing Scott noticed was the tents. Driving through Ponce, Puerto Rico, looking out his window, he saw tents everywhere, in front yards, in parks, on sidewalks, everywhere. Because if there's an earthquake and the house starts to collapse, that's where those people be sleeping at night. And it, it, it took me back to my childhood. Um, when I was four years old, we had the tornadoes of 1974. And um, I would go to bed in my bed, but I'd wake up in a sleeping bag in, our, in my parents' basement. And that made me think, you know, this is what these kids are going through, except where we would run to a basement, they're running outside to a tent. The tents and the memories they brought back, Scott is certain. God used that to prepare him for what came next. The earthquakes that hit Ponce not only destroyed thousands of homes, they also destroyed most of the school buildings. Everyone here knew it would be weeks, if not months, before the schools could reopen. And that's why teachers here took matters into their own hands. They set up a tent in a city park and began offering school to any kids who wanted to come. This is what it sounded like. 300 kids and a handful of overwhelmed teachers. After only a few days, organizers reached out to a local pastor and asked for help. The pastor didn't have the people or resources to give the school what they were requesting. So he went to Send Relief missionary Jonathan Santiago. This is the, the beautiful partnership between Send Relief and the local church. The local church serves in that local community. They see the need and then they reach out to us. We make sure uh, that we have the materials and the volunteers to connect with that specific need. Because ultimately, we want every person uh, that we help uh, to be connected to a local church family. Jonathan was Calvin McFarland's Puerto Rican point of contact. And that is how Scott Upchurch suddenly found himself in a city park, helping lead a week's worth of recess for 300 Puerto Rican school kids. We play with them and socialize with them and try and make them forget about what was underground. And I teach the Sunday school class seven through 12, so that's not unfamiliar territory. My Spanish is not strong in doing numbers in Spanish. And you know, I, I'd, I'd be dos, and you know, then they all, and then you know, cuatro. And, and I was never good on nine. So I'd say like, nueve, and they huh? This was when it happened. Herman approached Scott and spoke to him in perfect English. It was the beginning of a beautiful friendship. We were playing a game on the court, and then um, and then I got out, I came to Scott, and then I uh, just talked to him. And that's how we became friends. 
We played our game, and then when it was over, he came over to talk to me and says, you know, I speak English. And then he just started throwing facts at me. He said, did you know the largest earthquake ever in recorded history was in Chile in 1916? It was a 9.5. And he went on and on about all these facts. And I'm thinking, okay, I've read with trauma victims, sometimes their way of coping is to uh, research it. And I'm, I'm wondering if this is his processing or if he's just smart. And so I'm, I'm trying to be accessible to him either way. But so we chat and, you know, and we play games and, and, and he's awesome. Scott and Herman grew closer as the week went on and everybody noticed. As a matter of fact, after a while, everyone was talking about the guy who didn't know why God sent him to Puerto Rico, how now he knew. Those two just hit it off. And uh, I know one of the, uh, one of the Sin Relief ladies there had, had mentioned to this same, this same kid, he said, oh yeah, Scott, Scott from Kentucky, Scott from Kentucky. So he really impacted not just this one child, but you know, especially this one child. On January 24th, the Kentucky volunteers said goodbye to the kids at the school. Now, a church plant in Ponce is building on the work they started there. Send Relief put them all together, that local congregation that didn't have the people or money to reach out to all those kids. The mailman from Monticello and his friend whose greatest talent was saying, okay, and that kid with a whistle who needed to find the best kind of friend. I heard the statement that from someone there in Puerto Rico that said, it's almost like God has forgotten us. And after a hurricane and hurricane and earthquake, and I mean, it's like, it's like they can't catch a break. And so when you go there with Send Relief, they take your talents and find a place to use them every time. Going down, I didn't think I had a lot of things to share, but God's more concerned with our availability sometimes in our, than our abilities. And there's a phrase, our, God loves to do extraordinary things through ordinary people. I'm an example of that. This has been Stories of Hope from Send Relief. Today's episode, The Kid with the Whistle. Right now in Puerto Rico, there are ministry opportunities for every kind of believer and every kind of church. Go to sendrelief.org slash Puerto Rico to learn how you can connect with people and churches there who need help. Your missions giving helps fuel the work of Send Relief in Puerto Rico. To see how, go to anyarmstrong.com and watch the story on Send Relief missionary Jonathan Santiago. And finally, if you liked what you heard here, please rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That'll help other people find us and enjoy these stories too. And join us in two weeks for another episode of Stories of Hope.